0: Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, September 27th. I'm Nyla Budu. Here's what we're covering today. Russian anger keeps growing in response to Putin's draft. Plus, NASA takes on an asteroid. But first, global economic deja vu. That's today's one big thing. The British pound has hit an all-time low against the U.S. dollar. And when we say all-time low, I mean since the 1790s. On Monday, the pound was $1.03. That's just one sign that this moment feels eerily similar to 2007 at the beginning of the Great Recession. But, as Axios's Felix Salmon and Courtney Brown tell us, that doesn't mean we're facing the same economic catastrophe now. They're here to go deeper into all of this. Hi, Felix. Hi, Courtney.
1: Good morning, Nyla.
0: Thank you for having me. Felix, first, can you explain why the British pound is down more than 20% against the dollar just this year?
1: Britain is a small and fragile country, Nyla, And I say this as a Brit. It kind of cut itself off from Europe. That was its big anchor in 2020 when it finally did Brexit. And now it has nothing keeping it afloat. When you have a crazy economic policy, like they just announced, big tax cut, which was going to hugely expand the amount of money that the government needs to borrow. There's no obvious way that they can pay for it. There's huge bills coming due. And that's what financial markets do when countries kind of lose track of their finances and lose control of their finances, is the markets just mark down the currency. And that's exactly what's happened in the UK.
0: So how significant is it that financial markets reacted to the U.K. as if it was basically a developing country's economy rather than the sixth largest in the world?
1: I think it's very significant. I think it really drives home to Britons how precarious their situation is and how, yeah, they are looking like an emerging market.
0: So we're talking about this week, but in August 2007, the French bank BNP Paribas Experienced funding problems because of mortgage losses, which required a liquidity lifeline from the European Central Bank. Courtney, you and Neil wrote that in hindsight, that was the beginning of the Great Recession. So how similar is what we're seeing in the UK this week to what happened in France in 2007?
2: Yeah, I think let me just Start with what our piece is not saying. It's not saying that any global economic crisis will be as catastrophic or severe as what we faced during the global financial crisis. But August 2007, this moment that you mentioned, was something that probably went unnoticed to most people. Uh, Maybe not Felix, but in hindsight, it was the beginning of the global financial crisis. And it was kind of this pivotal moment in a sense, much like maybe in 10 years, we may look at what's happening across financial markets right now and say, you know, this was the pivotal moment that suggested the start of something new um, and possibly troubles to come for global economies.
1: I'll just jump in, Nyla, and add that in 2007, BNP Paribas froze access to certain funds that had taken big losses on mortgage products because it couldn't afford to pay back investors. And what happened on Monday was that basically every British mortgage lender stopped writing mortgages. They said, We are in this completely chaotic situation right now. We don't know what's happening to interest rates. We don't know how to write mortgages right now. We're just going to stop lending money for a week or so until we can get a feel for where the new situation is, and then maybe we'll come back into the market. But if you need a mortgage in the UK right now, you actually can't get one. That's a big deal.
0: And just to be clear, you're not saying we're about to face another great recession, but it sounds like you're saying we could be towards a shift of something new. What is that something new?
2: So, In the 2010s, there was this era of low growth, low inflation. It's very clear that that's going to be very different than the era of the 2020s. Interest rates are going to be higher. Inflation, as I'm sure everyone knows, is really high, not just in the U.S., but across most major economies. And global central banks are racing to do something about that. And this is going to be the dynamic that shapes the decade of the 2020s, perhaps. I think initially there was this idea that some of the fallout from the pandemic would go away. And I think it's become very, very clear that some of the fallout from the pandemic is not going to go away as quickly as economists had possibly uh, expected.
1: Although I will hazard to add that what's going on in the UK is more of a fallout from Brexit than it is a fallout from the pandemic. The COVID pandemic arriving is what I call the new not normal. A whole bunch of very unexpected things coming out of left field. And COVID being the prime example, but what we're seeing in the UK with the pound and that kind of thing, all being part of a bigger vibe of unpredictability, let's call it. And when you have that, what investors do is they have this thing called a flight to quality. They all sell whatever other currencies are out there and buy dollars. And that's creating instability around the world.
0: But should Americans take comfort in the fact that the flight to quality is to the US, so people think our economy is more stable?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's fair enough.
0: Exuse's economic reporter Courtney Brown and Chief Financial Correspondent Felix Salmon, thanks to you both. Thanks, Nyla. Thanks, Nyla. After the break, Russian protests continue against Putin's draft. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Budu. Let's catch you up quick on the last few days in Russia's war on Ukraine. Opposition is growing to the Russian effort to enlist 300,000 reservists to fight in Ukraine. In an attack on a Russian draft office yesterday, a gunman shot and wounded a Russian recruitment officer. And thousands continue to flee the country to escape being pulled into the war. Minorities, including Crimean Tatars, have been reported to be disproportionately targeted by the draft. Hundreds around Russia have been arrested in protests over the mobilization. And the U.S. has sharply warned Russia against using nuclear weapons in Ukraine in response to Russian President Vladimir Putin's veiled threats last week.
2: And we have communicated directly, privately, to the Russians at very high levels that there will be catastrophic consequences for Russia if they use nuclear weapons in Ukraine.
0: That's White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan speaking on ABC's Face the Nation on Sunday. Meanwhile in Russia, four occupied regions are casting votes in so-called referendums on whether or not to join Russia. People have reported armed Russian soldiers going door-to-door during voting. We'll have more on this later this week.
2: This will be humanity's first ever attempt at trying to move another celestial body, and also our first attempt ever to execute a mission in you know, sole purpose of planetary defense. Three, two, one. Oh my gosh! Oh wow!
0: For the first time ever last night, NASA slammed a spacecraft into a small asteroid on purpose. It was an attempt to redirect it. That was NASA TV and the team behind the mission watching as it launched and succeeded. Axioscience editor Allison Snyder is here to explain.
2: The first thing to know is that there are no asteroids on a collision course with Earth, and these strikes are very rare. But if they do happen, they can be devastating and and very dangerous. And so NASA is trying to test out this technology so that in the event that there is one coming our way, they can scale it up and try to change the orbit of the asteroid. And it worked in the sense that the spacecraft hit the asteroid. And over the next few weeks, they will measure how much the orbit changed.
0: That was Axios' Allison Snyder.
2: In case you're keeping score, humanity, one. Asteroids, zero.
0: As my colleague Dave Lawler tweeted, knowing we have the technology and ability to destroy Earth several times over, it's also nice to know we have the ability to save it. Dave, I couldn't agree more. That's it for us today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. I want to tell you about a podcast from Slate, A Word with Jason Johnson. The show shines a light on the facts, the history, and the reality of how race plays out in our politics and society. Every Friday, political commentator Jason Johnson brings his sharp analysis to discussions about America's challenges around race and ideas on the way forward. Subscribe to A Word with Jason Johnson from Slate,